Alrighty, I wanted to bring y'all a little something this evening. It's really kind of, it's more or less about one man, but there was two of them that this happened to. And I've been, I've entitled this, Swept Away to Heaven. Now we all know, <clears throat> excuse me, that Enoch was taken by God, and we know that Elijah, Elijah was taken by God. And neither one of them saw death. They were so faithful to God in their walk, their obedience to God, that when God just got ready for them and he swept them into heaven. It says that uh, Enoch was and then he wasn't because God took him. And Elijah said that he went in a chariot of fire, that God swept him off of the earth in a chariot and it said that the wheels on that chariot were all aflame as it went to heaven and Elijah never saw death and uh, I want to start out here I want to, I want to look at, at uh, Enoch for just a minute Enoch was a very special man and it says here in Genesis <clears throat> excuse me in Genesis chapter 5 verse 23 through 24 it says, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. So Enoch lived 365 years. And y'all know that Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Methuselah lived uh, 969 years. That was his lifespan. And, uh, but Enoch lived... 360, what did I say, 65? Yeah, 365 years. And then God took him. And here in verse 24, it said, And Enoch walked with God. You know, that'd be something good that anybody could say about you. That man walked with God. I know where he's at. When our time comes, I hope that, that, we, that, that somebody can say, I, I hope somebody can say that about me. Yeah, old Bill was a good old guy. He, I know he walked with God. I know he's with God. And I think we'd all like to have people to see us in that light that they walked with God. They were a friend with God. Matter of fact, Enoch and God in the Bible says they were friends. Uh, here in verse 24 it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. All of a sudden he was there, then he was gone. And uh, so, you know, I, th I think that would be something pretty good they could say about you, that you walked with God and that you and God were very close. See, that's, that's one thing about Enoch and God. They would walk together in the evenings and have conversations. They visited, they talked. And Enoch was very close to God. He loved God with all of his heart. And God loved Enoch. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you something here in just a minute because it's not in what really happened, but there was a little preacher that as he was preaching one time, he told people that, that I think this is what happened to Enoch. But uh, it says here, uh, there was an old preacher that once described this event of Enoch going with God. It says, he said, and uh, this is what this old preacher was saying as he was talking to this congregation. He said, and he said, at the close of each day, Enoch and God would take a walk together. 
One day they got so caught up in their conversation and talking with each other that they walked a long way. And the Lord, after a little while, turned to Enoch and said, My friend, it seems like tonight we have walked, we have walked a long way. And we are closer to my home than we are to yours. So why don't you just come home with me? That was an old colored preacher man that was talking about this. And he was just telling the people, this this is, is this could very possibly have happened, Enoch, that him and God walked so close together that, that God just wanted Enoch there with him. And we don't realize how close that God and Enoch were. But uh, without a doubt, you know, Enoch's walk with God must have been something very special. And even though Enoch had no Bible, now Enoch back then, you know, they had parchments and they had scrolls, but they didn't have a Bible. And, uh, but he said here that Enoch knew much more about God's mysteries than most of the Old Testament prophets knew. How did he know all this? How did he know about these things with God? And uh, it said that even Enoch, he had no Bible. But like I said, when he walked with God, they talked. And Enoch listened to what God talked about. It says here in the book of Jude tells us that Enoch even knew about the second coming of Jesus Christ and the end of the world. See, Enoch already knew this. A lot of the Old Testament prophets, they didn't even know this. <clears throat> and here in Jude, uh, Jude's only got one chapter, so it's Jude, it's Jude chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. I mean 15. Listen, it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints. And we're going to go to 15. It says, To execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them, all of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and, that, and of their own hard words which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. God's coming back and we know what this is. We know this is going to be the tribulation period. That God is going to put all these men, he's going to punish them. It says the tribulation period is really God pouring out his wrath, his anger upon the earth for all the things that all the ungodly people have done. You know, God's really went all out to save people, sending his son to die for them, and yet they wouldn't believe in Jesus Christ. They'd laugh at him. They'd make fun of him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in God. All the things that God did, so many people, they worshiped their idols, which was nothing but stone or wood or or something. It may even be an animal. But they worshiped them. They could do absolutely nothing for them. And there was God. And they didn't believe in God. And so that's what the tribulation period is about, is God's pouring out his punishment. And all the people that never believed upon him or Jesus Christ, his son, it said that those who did not believe upon Christ, God's wrath will remain on them forever. And that's going to be burning in hell. And, uh, and we wonder, well, how did Enoch know all these things? 
didn't it say that him and God talked? Well, Enoch listened. Enoch listened to what God was saying. And uh, a part of Enoch's walk with God involved his willingness to listen to God. You know, Jesus said in Revelations 2.11, and I think this is something we all need to listen to. It says, He who has an ear, let him hear. He who has an ear, let him hear what God is saying to us today. How do we do Well, you've got your preachers. You've got your evangelists. You've got your men of God. It's telling you, through the Bible, God's word, what God is saying. And so many people are not paying any attention to God's word. They just kind of let it go by. And they're not listening. But Jesus said, he who has an ear, let him hear. So that you know what is going on, what is happening, and what is going to happen. See, that's what the whole book of Revelations is, is what is going to happen. See, you know, God give us all this information so we could know what lies out there ahead of us, what's going to happen, how to take care of our lives, what should we do that we avoid the tribulation, what can we do that we can have eternal life. God talks all about this. And you can ask many people, how do you get eternal life? How do you have eternal life? And they say, oh, there is no eternal life. When you die, you're just dead. And so many people believe that. I would hate to go through my life thinking, you mean this is all there is? I die? This is it? I said, I don't believe that. My, the Word tells me I've got eternal life in heaven with Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to live forever in a paradise. And here we go through so much stuff, just jump every day. And it's just getting worse. And until on top of that, it's going to get, keep getting worse. It's not going to get better until Jesus Christ comes back. And we might as well face that. We can see it just getting worse constantly. <clears throat> and uh, But God speaks to us. But do we have the ears to hear? How many of us are really listening to what God is saying? We need to be hearing and listening to what God is telling us. And uh, like I said, there was two men that were taken without ever seeing death. I want to say something about Elijah real fast. Now this was one of God's prophets. And uh, he served God. He loved God. He did everything that God commanded him to do or told him to do. But <clears throat> one day, Elijah got kind of down in the dumps. Things wasn't going good. He was having a lot of problems. And uh, he needed God to speak to him. Well, God is going to speak to him. But I want you all to listen to how this took place. And I think this is maybe some of our problems right now is we're not listening to what God is saying to us. Uh, here in 1 Kings <clears throat> chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, it says, And God said, Go forth, he's talking to Elijah. Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains or tore through them. 
And it broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in that wind. He wasn't in that. And after the wind came an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in that fire either. And after, and after the fire, listen, a still, small voice. <clears throat> and it was so, when Elijah heard it, <clears throat> and when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle or his cloak because he was going to go out and stand and he knew that God was there and he wrapped his face and covered his eyes and everything with his mantle because he knew that he could not look upon the face of God and live. So he covered his face so that he could not see God. And he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What do you hear, Elijah? What do you hear? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, What do we hear? I think Elijah was expecting God just to shout out at the top of his lungs something to him. To be very audible. That he could understand. God didn't do that. God sent earthquakes, strong winds, fire, and, and, and Elijah thought, well, I'm going to hear something now. Boy, this is God. He is here. He is just going to holler out at me and scream. And God didn't do that. God spoke in a still, small voice. And... Uh, so, really, it looks like Elijah heard God speak, really, through the ears of his heart and not the ears of his head. I think that's where we make a mistake. We are listening for a voice when we should be feeling the voice of God speaking to your inner man. God does not speak out loud. Now, he can. And I'm not sure he hasn't. But he can speak to your inner man. He can speak to your heart so clear if we'll just listen. A long time ago, I smoked cigarettes. I probably told you all this. And I was wanting to quit. I'd accepted the Lord as my Savior. And I got to thinking one day, and I really feel like this was the Lord telling me to do this. But, you know, I said, you know, here I am. I know I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And I don't feel like this Holy Spirit enjoys all this smoke coming in there to where he's at. As I was driving down the road, I prayed a very simple prayer. I can tell you exactly word for word what it was. He said, Lord, I pray to you that you would deliver me from these cigarettes. That was it. And I said, thank you. And I just kept on driving. About a day or so later, <clears throat> I was driving down the road. And it scared me to death. I heard or what sounded audible. It was probably spoken. I was hearing it in my heart. But I heard this. Don't smoke anymore. I mean, it scared me. I looked over at the passenger seat. 
It sounded like exactly where that voice and that was coming from. That's the first time it's ever happened. That's the only time it's ever happened to me. And it scared me. When I got to where I was going, there was a dumpster there. As I walked by that dumpster, I reached in my pocket, took this pack of cigarettes and my lighter, and I threw them in that dumpster. I said, Lord, you said to quit smoking, I quit. From that point on, the moment I threw those cigarettes and that lighter away, I never wanted another cigarette. I never had withdrawal pains. It's like I had never, ever smoked. I was obedient. Now, if I had, I, you know, I sometimes I feel like if I had took and thrown that lighter and those cigarettes away, I'd probably still be smoking today. I don't know. But when I was obedient to God and I got rid of them, He touched me. And from that point on, I, how many years has that been? 30, 35 years? I don't know. But I, I've never even wanted a cigarette. I can't stand to smell them. It makes me sick in my stomach. I'm probably one of the worst hot smokers there ever was. And, and but it just the, it, it it makes me sick to smell the smoke. I can walk by, maybe outside of a restaurant or something where they got these old canisters. They put their cigarette butts. Boy, that stuff will hit me, and bam! You know, I smell that. But that day that I, I was obedient to God and and just heard that, and He said, "Don't smoke anymore." And sometimes. We have to get rid of the temptation to do something. I got rid of those cigarettes and I got rid of that lighter. I threw them in that dumpster. I was showing God. I said, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. You tell me to quit smoking, I quit. But I need your help. And from that point on, it's like I had never smoked. I didn't have any withdrawal. Pain. I said, boy, when I get up in the morning and get that cup of coffee, I'm going to want that cigarette. I never did. And I missed them. I miss them to this day. It's just like I never smoked. And I can go to a doctor's office. They listen to me. They say, you've never smoked, have you? I said, yeah. About 35 years ago. They said, well, there's no sign of it. And it's just like God just totally and completely wiped out all those years that I had smoked. But I, I did what God told me to do. And I think that's where a lot of us make a mistake when we know that God is telling me to do this and I'm not doing it. It's like, well, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. Even though I've asked you to do it, Lord, you're supposed to just force it on me. No, God's not going to do that. You've got to be willing. Both of these men, Elijah and Enoch, were willing to do what God said and they listened to what God said. And we see how they were honored. God took them off of the face of this earth and they never saw death. We don't, know how, we don't know how Enoch really went. He said he was and then he wasn't. Elijah, it tells us that he went up in a chariot of fire into heaven. You, they said that his servant, Elijah, sat there and watched him go up. And he took Elijah's place and Elijah gave him power that God had given him. How did he do that? 
as Elijah was going to heaven, he pulled off his mantle, his coat, and took it and threw it down to Elijah. Elijah put it on. And God honored that. And he had that same powers and same ability that Elijah did. God honored him because he was so faithful to him. So when we honor God, God honors us. God hears our prayers. He takes care of us. And uh, so like I said, I think Elijah, I mean, excuse me, that Elijah, it's so hard, Elijah and Elijah heard God with the ears of his heart, not the ears on his head. Because of all the things that were going on, the wind, the rain, the storms, the hurricane, the fire, all that was happening. But he was listening to see if he could hear God, but he didn't. But he did through, the, through his heart. He heard God speak. Through all of that, he heard God. But the only way he could do it was he wanted to hear God. He was listening to hear God. And, he, and like I said, above all things, he wanted to hear God and what God wanted of him. <clears throat> and in addition to Enoch listening to God, he had a willingness to share questions. Have you, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had any questions you'd like to ask God? I'm sure we all have. God don't mind you asking him questions. I think that Enoch, right here, asked God many questions that was going through his mind. Lord, how can you love me like you do? Lord, I'm just flesh and blood. Yes, but I created you. You're mine. See, that's what God can tell us. Yes, you're flesh and blood because I created you. I know what you are. But I created you and I love you. You belong to me. I know your name. I know all the hairs on your head. I know the day you were born. And I know the day I'm going to bring you home. God knows everything about us. But I know we all got those questions. You know, say, well, I don't know if it's right to ask God questions or not. Jesus asked him, Father, why have you forsaken me this day? He was asking God, God, and he knew. He knew why God had to tear his face from him. Because God had took the sins of this whole world and poured them out on Jesus, and God cannot look upon sin. Jesus knew this. But Jesus was also, remember, Jesus was also flesh. He had stepped out of his deity and put on that coat of flesh to walk this earth. You know, Jesus had never been separated from God before. God had never turned his face from Jesus. They had always been close. Jesus was always talking to his Father in heaven, asking him questions. And God was answering him, telling Jesus, this is what I want you to do. This is how you, I want you to do it. Jesus heard everything. Sometimes we have to listen, but also sometimes we have to ask questions. God, you know I love you. Now what is it you want of me? How is it I can serve you? What is it I can do to please you? See, that's one thing about Enoch. He said, and Enoch walked with God and he pleased God. He was obedient. See, that's what God wants is our obedience. Matter of fact, God tells us, I'd rather have your obedience than all the sacrifices. Listen to me. Do what I tell you to do. I'll take care of you. 
Be obedient. And that's what God wants, is obedience. Tell me something. When your kids were growing up, didn't you want them to be obedient to you? Didn't you want them to listen to you? Didn't you want them to do what you told them? Because what you was telling them was the best thing for them. That's what God is doing. What He's telling us is the best things for us. Listen to me. Don't you understand how much I love you? And I just want to help you. I want to show you my love. I don't want you going through all this junk. If you'll listen to me, you can avoid a lot of things that you're going through. Sometimes we have to do it the hard way, don't we? We've got to go through it. And how many times have we said, Oh, God, if I'd have just listened. I have. God, if I'd have just listened. And not tried to do it my way, but if I would have done it the way you told me, everything would have been all right. We've got to, we've got to just realize how much God loves us. And... Uh, the Bible tells us to put our faith and our trust in God. I'm going to read a scripture here. And it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. We have all heard it, but have we listened to it? Did we hear it with these ears, or did we hear it with our heart? It says, <clears throat> be anxious for nothing, or don't worry about anything. That's what anxious it is. Don't worry about things. But in everything by prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Supplication is like a, it's a in some places it'll say it, it's a petition. It's you're asking for something very specific. There's something you need and you're asking God very specifically to take care of this thing. A lot of people, you say, oh Lord, let your will be done. And that's great. But when you ask for something very specific and God does it, you know it was God. You know he heard you. And you know that he answered your prayers. It says, uh, but ask, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. I think we mess up right there. With thanksgiving. How many of you have asked God for something and before you ever saw it, you thought you thanked him for it. You knew it was coming. You knew he was going to do it. It tells us right here, and with ask and with thanksgiving. Thanking God for it before you ever see it. Because you know he loves you, you know he cares about you, and you know he's going to do it. And then when he does it, he said, Boy, I asked God for that, and I know that was God. You asked for it specifically. And that's what we need to do. If there is something very specific that you need or, or that you know that you need, you know, asking God for stuff and just to have stuff, but God says, I will supply all your what? Needs. Not all your wishes, not all your dreams, not all the things you want, but I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Needs, the things we need. And God knows we need them. <clears throat> and then he said, and with supplication and with thanksgiving, he said, let your requests be known to God. In other words, you talk to God. You tell him what you need. He said, and now I love this. He said, and the peace of God, and that's what we all need, 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is that peace that sometimes we say, boy, I need God's peace in my life. This is the peace he's talking about. That peace that we don't understand. God, I feel so... Have you ever had that peace and you just feel so good and you know it was God that gave you that peace in your heart? You know it was Him. And you need to be thanking God. God, thank you for that peace. God, that peace was so wonderful. And he said, God not only gives us peace, but he, he also comforts us when we go through things. You know, it's like a death. When we miss somebody and we lose somebody, we all in here have. But when you feel those arms of God wrap around you, comfort you, hold you close, and say, it's okay. I've got them. They're with me. They're okay. They're better off now than they were here. And why does God do that? It tells us over, over there. It says that God comforts us so that we may comfort others in their time of need as God comforts us. So we can comfort others too. We get God's comfort. We see how good it is and how good it feels to have His comfort. That we can also comfort others when they're going through trials and tribulations and things in their life. That's how much God loves not only you, but the people that in your life. He wants you to be able to comfort them and give them that same peace that He has just put in your life. And He wants our faith and He wants our trust. He wants us to believe in all our hearts and trust Him and have faith in who He is. Matter of fact, we say it quite a bit in here. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lead not to your own understandings, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. God wants us our faith in Him, and He wants our trust. He wants us to trust Him. God, if you said it, sorry, don't take I believe it. You said it, so be it. You know, that's what amen means. When you, and when you pray and you say, Amen, you know what you're saying? So be it, Father. So be it. That's what Amen means, is so be it. And uh, like I said in here a while ago, Scripture doesn't give us a lot of detail about Enoch's walk with God, but we can be sure it involved him listening to God, sharing his questions with God, and God could see his faith and his trust in Enoch. And when God saw this, him and Enoch became very close. They walked together. They talked. How many of us have ever invited God to come down and walk with us, talk with us, to comfort us? Maybe answer some questions with God. You know, sometimes... In the middle of the night, I get some of the best feelings and things go on in my life. I'm quiet. I'm listening. God says, okay, now I'm going to talk to you a minute. I've had God wake me up in the middle of the night. And we visited and talked. That was one of the sweetest times and one of the most relaxing times, one of the most peaceful times because you could just feel the Spirit of God moving all over you. You knew it was God. 
desire those things like that. Then God said, God, visit with me. Talk with me. Tell me what you want of me. Lord, I want to walk with you like Enoch had. I want to be friends. I trust you. I love you. I want, I want, I want to be nearer to you. It says the, the nearer we draw to God, the nearer God draws to us. So the closer we want to be with God, the closer God is with us. But I just wanted to share these things with you tonight. I don't know. I was sitting there and these things sort of got to thinking on it. I said, I kind of put that together. And, uh, but it's just, a, I hope it helps us to know that when we need the presence of God in our life, to ask Him, to come to Him. Don't doubt Him, but ask Him to come and visit with you. He will. It may be in the middle of the night. It may be early in the morning. Maybe when you least expect it. But it's going to be a quiet time in your life. A quiet time when you're not so busy, so much stuff going on, so God can talk to you and you'll listen. Sometimes we get so preoccupied and so busy that God's trying to say, hey, I want to talk to you. Not now, God, I'm busy. You know, we need to, when God wants to talk to us, we need to drop everything else and say, God, let's talk. So just know that God loves you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to visit with you. But we've got to let him. We've got to let him. And so we can be like Enoch and have that close, close walk with God, that visit with God. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe he'll walk with you one evening and just take you home and you'll never see death. Who knows? Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, I just I, I, I thank you, Lord, that, that, that you showed us this tonight. Lord, what we need to do to draw you into our life, to have that time with you, Lord, just to walk with you, to trust you, to show you our faith. Lord, just like the, just like the scripture says, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him, and then he will direct our paths. So, Lord, we're just asking you now to walk with us. Show us what you want and direct our paths, Lord, so that we may serve you in the way you want us to. Lord, I just ask you to bless the people that's here tonight, and even those that couldn't be here. Lord, bless them. Put your hedge of protection around them. Walk, up, walk with them. Keep them safe. Meet their needs, Lord. You know what each person here needs. And, Lord, we just give you praise and we give you thanks right now. In Jesus' name, amen.